And uh, I would also like to um, acknowledge uh, that we have been made aware of a youth who passed away suddenly. And um, I would very much like to express my condolences to the family for your loss. This is truly very sad. Uh, and this um, individual uh, had received a dose of vaccination uh, more than a month before passing no, away. More emphasis uh, on more and, than a month. Uh, there was nothing in the history or medical record to suggest uh, an adverse reaction of significance or myocarditis. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing to uh, despite, suggest. Um, what uh, may be portrayed on social media. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we um, are following with um, the um, listen uh, to the um. chief coroner's office uh, in that investigation. It um, will take several weeks to complete the investigation. I assure you, we, we will not find that what we're not looking and, for. Uh, there's nothing in the investigation to date to suggest that there was a causal no, association. No, nothing between, to suggest. Healthy kid. Uh, a person having received immunization. Dropping and, dead um, 33 days after a shot. Unfortunate passing. Unfortunate. For the greater um, but, good. But uh, if, in fact, we learned something different with regards to that, we certainly would communicate. Yeah, we, we would. Not we will. We uh, will. But I think um, you know, at this time, I would certainly like to reiterate my condolences to the family members. Such a sad thing uh, to have a young person pass away suddenly. Uh, like this, uh, this is a rare event that does occasionally, rarely happen. Oh, and, what's what's? Um, but you just finished saying there was no. Uh, you just finished saying there was no causal relationship. It's a rare event, but it does occasionally happen. The uh, the investigations that are required to help determine exactly what happened are taking place. Trust us, uh, we're looking into it. Uh, would urge that people respect uh, the need and the right of this family for their privacy. You hear that, people? The, the government is ignoring it for their own privacy. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. It's a, it's a, it is a beautiful Saturday here in, in Florida, uh, hot. And um, other, other than the beautiful weather out there, there's going to be nothing fun. There's going to be nothing um, entertaining. There's going to be nothing. There's going to be nothing uplifting about this. I, I don't think. I, I, it's, it's. I think there are certain situations in which it's impossible to find some sort of optimism, or find salvation, or find uh, the brighter side. There are. Uh, irreversible tragedies. There are irreversible wrongs that even justice, whatever that means, uh, cannot right the wrong. And we're going to talk about one of those today. We've had on Stephanie DeGarry, Maddie DeGarry's mother. Uh, we had on uh, Sh Sean Hartman's dad. Uh, you know, th these, these situations where you know, doctors are baffled. Everyone's baffled. It's like, we, we can't find a cause because we're not looking for it. And you hear these 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 try not to use uh, inflammatory rhetoric. You hear these lying buffoons saying we 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 can't we're baffled. We can't find any cause. It, it was more than a month ago that the individual had um, this shot. More than a month ago, so can't be related. Less than two weeks ago, so can't be related. And we now know. I mean, we now know the numbers are out there. Three things cannot long be hidden: the sun, the moon, and the truth but the truth can be hidden for long enough that a lot of damage can be done until the truth is revealed. So today we have on um, Alan Martin uh, and his wife, I, I, Taylor Martin. Sorry, I, didn't, I actually didn't know the name and I see it now in the um, avatar. Uh, their daughter, 18, 
passed away some three and a half months after a Pfizer jab. Um, and it may not be a story that you've heard of, Trista Martin. And there's probably a damn good reason why you've never heard of the story, because they're looking. They'll look. They'll get, they'll get back to you six months from now, a, a year from now. Media doesn't touch it. And I've been, I've, been, I've been just doing a bit of a deep dive to see which media has covered this story. Alison Mora, who you might know from Locals YouTube, covered it. Uh, there was another, I, I'm not saying obscure in, a, in any demeaning way, a, a non-legacy, non-mainstream media outlet. It's another story that has been subdued, suppressed, and utterly ignored by the media. And we're going to talk about it today. And it's going to hurt everybody's heart. There's, I mean, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing about it that doesn't hurt. And so you read, you read tweets. And I, I came across this because I read a tweet that made my stomach hurt and made my heart hurt. And then I reached out uh, to Alan and he reached back and, and we're going to do this. We're going to talk about it. So we're going to bring them on. We're not lasting long on, on YouTube for obvious reasons, although I probably will still post this in its entirety afterwards and take my chances with the YouTube suppressors. Suppressors and censorship, which I've said many times, is costing, people li costing people's lives and has cost people their lives. Okay, so we're bringing on Alan and Taylor. Alan, Taylor, I see you. I'm going to bring you on. Uh, why do I have a problem doing this? Um, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. It's nice to meet you. It's it's ter terrible circumstances under which we 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 meet, and this is the world in which we live. Um, what I'm going to do this, I'm going to we're going to talk here for five minutes. You'll give just the brief overview of of the family. You know, like one general question, and then we're going to end this on YouTube, and we're going to go and, and delve into this in its entirety on Rumble. Um, who are you? Where are you guys from? What what's 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 your family story? We're from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Um, we've got hers, mine, and ours. Um, we have we had two that were left in the house. The rest are adults and uh, had moved on. Uh, the last two in the house were Trista and her little brother, Noah. Uh, Trista was 18. Noah just turned 15 a couple of days ago. Um, Trista had turned 18 in, in uh, early 2022 and was excited to be an adult excited for freedom and for traveling and for she was about to start college and she loved concerts and music so you're from oklahoma and how, how many kids how many kids in total eight eight total like i said hers mine ours and one that is really biologically neither of ours but we use ours yeah <laughs> so. all right and, and if i may ask what, what do you guys do for a living work-wise uh i work in it and um as much side job stuff as i can do and uh she does marketing social media management and marketing stuff all right very cool now that that's about all we're doing on on youtube people so i'm going to end on youtube the link to rumble is over there and we're going to we're going to get into the story that get into this now so ending on youtube all right um alan taylor so the, oklahoma i mean the, the the story uh i say the story the the, the reason why You've become vocal on Twitter, which is how I found you. Is is your eighteen year old daughter Trista, uh, and and Taylor? Well, Taylor, I didn't, I, I haven't seen you on Twitter. That's why I've, I've seen Alan's Twitter feed. Um, your eighteen year old daughter Trista uh, passed away three and a half months, give or take, after uh, a Pfizer jab. Correct. And so, I mean, explain to the world how that how that happened. I'm going to have a lot more questions, but I mean, explain to the world how that happened. How your daughter took the jab. I mean, I, I know the story because I've I've been following it and, and saw the interview with Allison Morrow, but uh, yeah, explain how this happened and, 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 and what happened. We didn't actually know that she had gotten the shot until 
she was in the hospital dying from it. Um, she had kept that from us because she knew that we were a little weary of it. We'd asked all the kids not to get it. And we just didn't feel like there was enough information, no long-term data. We just, we just said, let's hold off on this. You know, you guys are all, everybody's young and chances of you, you know, being injured by COVID are, are next to nothing. So let's, let's just wait on this. And Statistically, statistically speaking, uh, Trista had a 0% chance of uh, having severe COVID and being hospitalized or severely injured or killed by COVID. I know. So I, I, absolutely I, I'm no reason. No, that's it. I, I'm from Canada. We, we had the case where um, in Alberta, it was Dina Hinshaw, the chief medical officer who attributed a, the death of a 14-year-old teenager to COVID, said it's our youngest It's our youngest death yet. And it turns out the kid had literally stage four brain cancer, was in a coma when they did a random test. Uh, and he tested positive and died shortly thereafter because he was in a coma from stage four brain cancer. And, they, and then the sister came out, said that's not what happened. The, 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 they had to issue a retraction and apology. Yeah, I, th- I think in Canada, it was like 20 kids uh, under 18 died, n- not of, but with, and they all had complicating factors where, you know, statistically zero. Um, so she, Tris is living at the house and she's getting ready to go off to college. And, um, and you had the discussion about you guys shouldn't, you know, hold off and wait for it. What ultimately right. happened that, that led her to, to, to do it unbeknownst to you? Well, we think um, after she passed, we talked with some of her friends and, and we kind of pieced together what, happened over the the course of the months before her passing and uh, she went to a concert in texas um and she was not vaccinated she didn't have the vax card so they made her wear a mask um we think it was probably then that she decided that you know mom and dad were silly everybody else you know says it's safe i know i have friends that have gotten it and they seem okay um she had mentioned that she was uh wondering if she was going to need it to go to college she she had said that she wanted to travel and that you know it's going to be hard to travel without having that vax card and so we we believe that just the constant safe and effective safe and effective narrative from the media and all the three letter agencies uh just kind of trumped mom and dad's opinion and so she she decided to get it but i, I either she didn't want us to worry or she, I don't think she was worried that we were going to punish her or something for getting it. We she just, wanted to disappoint us. That's yeah. why she didn't tell us that she got it. So she got it. She told her friends not to tell us that she got it. And what, what if I may ask, I mean, tangentially, but uh, the concert in Texas where they were making the unvaxxed wear face masks. Do you, do you know what concert that was? Five seconds of summer. Yeah. And this is like, I, again, I'm also from Quebec where they had um, vaccine passports for a while. So, you know, you, you couldn't try out for after school soccer if you were 13 and over and not vaccinated, didn't have your little QR code. Um, they, they had they had similar things like that in Texas. I I, I would have thought, you know, showing well, Texas. It was, up, yeah, it was up to the venue. I mean, you know, there's it's all like a personal property kind of thing. So there was no I, I don't believe that there was a. a municipal or even there wasn't a state mandate but the venue could make the decision themselves they if they want to only allow people with vaccinated people or a negative uh a test you know then they can yeah yeah they they can make whatever choice they want and so i think that that venue at the time just decided that they wanted the either vaccine proof or you have to wear a mask and so she did this, but I mean, unbeknownst to you, I say behind your back, but that sounds much more, she, she did it. I mean, 18 years right. old adults and 
I think in Canada, they were saying 14 years old and over, you could do it without parental consent. Um, and so you don't know anything of this happens. Like what, what happens um, when she, what happens when she starts feeling sick and, and the day that, that this happens? Well, she, we actually, I mean, of course we didn't know that she had it, but now that we look back, there were a few things that we realized were because of it. She was um, tired all the time. I mean, just wanted to sleep all the time. We just assumed she was working too much. She got the shot as part of an annual checkup and she got a different general practitioner that we don't normally go to. She told us before she went, she's like, Hey, I'm 18 now. And we're, we're really close friends with the GP that we normally have. And we've seen that GP for years. It's one of her best friends. And, and so she said, you know, I'm an adult now and I kind of want my own doctor. And so we were like, Oh, okay. All right. If that's what you want to do. And so she decided she was going to make this appointment at a, a different, GP that we had never gone to before and she, but she was going to get an annual checkup and she told us about the checkup she told us about the blood work and um she even came up she was like all my blood work came out great I'm you know they said I got a clean bill of health everything's good you know and uh and we were like that was it she never mentioned that she got the shot um but like she said there were signs hindsight being 2020 yeah. you know she was 18 and she was a really hard worker more more so, I think, than the average teenager. She'd had the same job for two years. And whenever somebody called in or, or whatever, she would always take pill and chips. Um, she worked a lot. And so when she complained that she was starting to feel really tired, you know, I would say, well, you probably because you're working too much and you need to take some time for yourself, maybe get some more sleep. So. That's an, I mean, that is one of the things like it makes sense in hindsight or the, what was what was suspicious, but not remarkable at the time. So she gets she goes in July to this new GP. Mm-hmm. The new GP, unbeknownst to you, gives her the shot. At, at, but I, I presume before any blood work has come back, not that we might get into why that might be relevant yeah. later on. Right. Does yeah. blood work, gives the shot. Mm-hmm. And then you now recall in retrospect between that's July and November feeling feeling constantly tired. Like constantly tired, she would stand up and say, Whoa, you know, the room went dark for a minute, you know, and make a joke out of it that she was, you know, almost passing out from standing up. And again, we attributed that to her being tired because we had, you know, she got the clean bill of health, she got the good blood results. And uh, she would get, you know, nauseous almost every time she ate. And we just, well, we just didn't know what we didn't know. Yeah. And and I have not, we'll get into, I guess, the correspondence you had with the, the new doctor after this event. And so this goes, so three months, although you don't notice this at the time, and then November comes around and, and November, one day she wakes up um, uh, feeling like death is, is I think what. Yeah. What... So November 9th, she had stayed the night at a friend's house and she woke up early that morning and so she was having trouble breathing and that her whole body was hurting. And so she said, I'm, I'm going to go lay back down and see if I can feel better. And her sister, who was also staying there with her, she went to go check on her about, she said about 10 minutes later and she couldn't get her to wake up. And then they, they called me and I rushed over there and she wasn't breathing by the time I got there. Um, we had to start CPR and call 911 and everything. And they, the EMTs did, 
did get her back for a little while and got her in an ambulance and got her to the hospital. And by this time, I'm, I'm trying to reach him and he's in the shower getting ready for work and he finally answered. Yeah, I, I, uh, I answered the phone, saw that I had missed like 16 phone calls. And uh, she says, Alan, it's Krista. It's serious. They're loading her in the ambulance. Get to St. Francis right now. And so I do. I throw on some clothes and I drive there as fast as I can. And then I park. And and it's a large hospital complex in Tulsa. It's not, you know, a small boat Oakland. And uh, I was a little concerned when I ran up. They didn't make me sign in. They didn't make me. They asked me my name. There was a lady standing there in scrubs. And she just points at me and she says, are you dad? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm, they call me that, you know? And uh, she says, follow me. And so she takes me back uh, through some sets of double doors and into trauma. And there they all were working on her. And um, it was not, she was gone. Looking back on it, she was gone. It did not look the beauty and the light and everything that made just a just a was gone. When, when she was at her friend's house and, and she had woken up feeling gravely ill, did I mean, and and then when you get the call, is anybody are people thinking drugs? And I'm and I I know that this came up afterwards, but like when something like this her, happened to the young person, like her friends and her sister were not. They they knew better. I mean, you know, they had spent the whole night with her and everything, um, and they knew Trista and knew that she wouldn't do anything like that. They honestly nobody knew what there was were, going on. There were, there I were think the EMTs. Yeah. The EMTs had had said the word fentanyl a couple of times, from what I was told. And uh, so they immediately did toxicology and all of that came back clean. So, and, and did they, do you know, like, I mean, did they, did they administer Narcan when they were trying to do the, 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 the... I don't believe that they did. We, we only have uh, half, we only have partial records from the day in the ER, which I'm sure we'll talk about this in a minute mm -hmm. too, but we've only been given partial records for the day, but in within those partial records, there's no mention of Narcan. There's no mention of anything. So, the, so they, they, she's having trouble breathing and, and aches all over, tries to go sleep it off and then mm -hmm. becomes unresponsive. Um, and then with, within what, within what time frame is, is she, you know, declared, is it, is it hours or is it an hour that she's, you know, basically legally declared dead? That was, no, that wasn't until 5.05 5 5 5 PM. Yeah. But it, this happened early morning, like eight, eight, between eight and nine. They, so. they kept her alive with, with machines and everything and. And and what I mean, I, I really I hate asking these questions, um, I, I, but I have to in terms of like what are they telling you? Is, it, is it, they saying heart attack? Are they saying uh, poisoning? Like what what are they even telling they, you? It's not, yeah, they actually came to us. The I guess the main doctor in charge of her care came out to us at the very beginning and said, you know, we're straight with you guys. And situations like this, we would give you about a one percent chance. And uh, we were both just. Flabbergasted, I said, I said you know? in situations like what? What is this? What's happening? And he says, well, we know that her heart is swollen. Uh, she has multiple organ system failure. Everything's shutting down. Um, we don't know why. Yeah, she has and, a really high blood, glu blood glucose level. Yeah, sure. Her blood glucose level is over 600. 
she has lots of other factors in her blood, right? And he said that her blood right now was toxic to her and that they needed to do dialysis. But if they did dialysis in her current state, that it would definitely kill her. So they needed to get her more stable so that they could do the dialysis. And for, for, that for, was all they knew. For an ignorant person, dialysis is a blood transfusion? Or well, is that they, is it filtering? They clean your blood and then put it back in. When your kidneys have shut down, um, your your body can't process the toxins like you know within your urine or or sugars or anything like that and and in order to clean that blood out basically it's like artificial kidneys and liver that clean your blood and then they put it back in you and, and you use when the doctor said you know in situations like this and your response was exactly my first reflex is what in situations like right. what this is an 18 year old girl and they're telling you did, did they tell you then and like on the spot an, an enlarged heart or swollen. Uh, no, actually, right then they did not say enlarged heart. He talked about her organs shutting down. Um, it was a little bit later that they brought in the um, the cardiologist to do all the scans and everything, and that's when she told me that she had myocarditis. And, and you mean a little later on in the day, right? Like this is in the day, like just you know. Okay, so this is like. Hour, so. The day of, they are now saying this otherwise healthy young woman ne never had, I mean, I, I don't know what health issues she may have had, but never had anything. Um, has an, has an, did they say enlarged, swollen, or did they say myocarditis by, by terminology? They said both of those. It was repeated several times. I, I, I don't, they, they said her heart is swollen. That was told to me personally by doctors a couple of times. Um, we heard them say to other doctors, myocarditis. Um, she she said myocarditis to me. Yeah, I and then she explained to me what it was, even though I knew what it was. But yeah. Yeah. Um. And and uh, okay. It's 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 and now you're getting blood sample done the day of, which is in November, and you're going to have the blood sample that she did with her with that new GP from July to compare what's wildly different in three and a half months in her blood work. Right. That's the goal. Um. And so they tell you myocarditis. We don't know why. And organs, organ failing, organs are failing, and we're going to do our best, but one percent given the stage. Mm -hmm. What yeah. what do they and what do they tell you after? after what do they tell you after? Like five well, or five? How does this happen? They did well. They Nothing. actually got her stable for a little while, a little more stable, and moved her up to the ICU um, to start the dialysis, and that's when everything started going downhill. They they didn't ever get to do that dialysis. I, yeah, I re I remember because I, I I think just hopeful. Um, I I wasn't. I mean, I knew that she, they were telling talking about myocarditis. They were talking about multiple system organ failure, and they were talking about all this other stuff and all of these words, and they were doing all these scans and all sorts of kind. Of, but I, for some reason, I was fixated like on her brain. I knew that she had gone a while without breathing, and I knew that her heart had stopped, and they had restarted it. Um, they they managed to her heart stopped and was restarted several times. And so I asked one of the doctors, I said, you know, have we, what's the, what's the, you know, what's a brain gonna, gonna do? Is it how much brain damage have we even, you know, do we know yet? And he said, Oh no, we're not even there yet. He said, we're, we're trying to fix her body to keep her body alive. He's like, so we're not, we're not even focusing on that at this point. So that was kind of when it went down for me, when I started to kind of, you know, realize this is, this is, this is bad. This is really bad. 
And I, I know from, from the article that I read and a prior interview that at some point during the day, one of her friends tells you that she says, by the way, she got the jab a few months ago. Um, I, I want you just to flesh out that detail, but also I'm going to ask the obvious question. Did the doctors at any point ask for this information or? No, 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 never. Never asked if she was vaccinated. When they got her slightly stable enough to move her from trauma up to the ICU where they planned on doing the dialysis, um, they they had to pull her away from us and from out of the trauma. And they said, hey, if you guys want to go ahead and move upstairs, that's where we're taking her. It was right around that time that her friend told us, hey, I think that um, I should probably tell you that she got the shot a couple of months ago and told us not to tell you guys. And we and we've discussed it. And initially right then, because we had we were living in that that bubble of suppressed information, no data, no real data going on. We did not initially think, oh, this is what's doing it. You know, this is what's responsible. It was, I remember feeling like, okay, well, that's unfortunate. Surely that's not what is causing this. I mean, this is something else. This is, you know, this is something else. And that was my initial thought. And that didn't change until about two weeks after she had passed. And I started I could get what but, I think again and start start researching. But uh, I'm asking this, like the friend tells you this because in the friend's mind, it's relevant to the friend at the time, presumably because they know, or I mean, I guess That's they the tell you this. Yeah, I think she just, uh, she probably figured, you know, we need all of the information. Yeah. This is really bad. We need to know everything. And she, I think, knew that that was something that Trista had kept from us. So she, she needed to tell us. Yeah, I can't speak for what exactly she was thinking when she told us this, but I mean, you could assume pretty easy. Yeah, and this is like it's not uh, hindsight is always twenty twenty. We're in November twenty twenty two when a lot of the stats on on some of these adverse events um, were, you know, especially the myocarditis. And I, I presume maybe among the younger generation, especially if they're the ones living in that demographic that that sees about it and hears about it, it might have been relevant in her mind, which is why she said it. Did either right. of you, or you or her friend, mention to the doctors at the time? No, not at the time. It's you, you know the. I mean, I'm, I presume you're familiar with the Sean Hartman story, where you know, like, they, we are they, now. Yeah, yeah and, and they like you know the, the kid, 33 days after the first shot, and they don't do basic tests that on blood work, that you would do had you known or supposed it might have been an adverse reaction. Measuring, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a doctor by any means, but you know, troponin levels and all this stuff. So the doctors don't ask. Um, and they, we don't know what's going on, but myocarditis, 18-year-old girl, and she passes away that, that day. And it's it's a couple of weeks later that that you start piecing this together. Correct. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. I had the same question. Now, from, to the best of your knowledge, Trista had only had the one shot in July? Yes. Yes. Do That's you, the only one we found on her, her Vax card. We've requested the records uh, from the general practitioner that she went to that gave her the shot. And they are giving us the runaround is uh, is not adequate. I understand. Yeah. Let me, it, if your daughter got, if Trista got the shot to be fully vaccinated for all the social benefits, then presumably, I mean, there's a good reason to assume that she would have gotten the booster two months later. And this doctor, if you can imagine it, they're, they're not giving you the information to confirm definitively that she was not given a second shot two months later. That okay. That's enough. That's enough to um. Okay, that's enough to make beyond rage. Is is that's enough? So you don't know if, because this doctor has not confirmed 
definitively that she did not get a booster. So that's a question mark right now. And what have you done to ask for that information from this doctor? And don't name the doctor because I don't want anybody in the crowd. Oh, yeah. we, 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 um, we're in, in, we've requested the records uh, via certified letter. Um, we know that they've received it because they, uh, according to HIPAA law, um, as her parents, even though she was 18 years old, we are her immediate next to kin. So we're, we're legally, we have a right, we have a right to these records. And, um, a HIPAA law says that they have, she has 30 days to deliver these records. Well, it's now been over two months, two and a half months. Uh, she did call us, uh, her office called us, uh, to have us, have me come up and sign some paperwork, some HIPAA paperwork she said she needed. So I went up and signed the paperwork. Um, Two months ago. Yeah, still nothing, still nothing. Um, I've called repeatedly. Uh, they give me another number to call. Uh, I call that number, and it's just an, an answering service. You can't talk to a human. I've left numerous messages. I've called the doctor's office again. Um, I we have we have now reached out to um, our one of our congressmen and and several other people to try and assist. And uh, hopefully we're going to get that resolved here pretty soon. Um, I, I don't think she can continue to put us off much longer. No, I mean, the, the, not to sound beyond conspiratorial. My initial re- reaction is if, if you're giving one shot in July because you want to be compliant, the same doctor is going to give the booster within the, the window, depending on how short or, or open that window is. In, 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 in This is in Oklahoma that this happened. Right. Yes. Yeah, I think in Quebec at one point they were saying you can get the booster four weeks later if you. If you uh, yeah. Um. So you don't know. I'm suspicious and would think that the doctor did do this, and then the super cynical side says maybe they're you know maybe they're trying to change some documentation now to make the make the adverse uh, event make the death not so close to a booster, and so the further it is away from the original, the more deniability they have. She, so she. What, what kind of dog do you have, if I may change oh. this to something lighter? <laughs> he's a he's a Priador. He's a Great Pyrenees Lab. He's a big big boy out there. No, that's I, I got I got two dogs. I I I I, I love I love dogs. My 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 followers know that I love dogs more than <laughs> they're yeah. they're the, the best distraction on earth. Yeah. Um, so she she passes away. Do you have um? I mean, what happens afterwards now? Because because the toxicology reports. Um, are part of a, a part of an autopsy, I presume, and not just standard blood work. Or are there two types of toxicology well, reports? There, there's, I think, there's multiple levels of toxicology. But when they, when she was in the ER, they did blood work um, that is not immediately, but nearly immediately available, like within their own labs within the hospital, so that they can test for some of the most common, you know, things like fentanyl, heroin, cocaine, you know, whatever things like that. And all of that came back clean. Obviously, she didn't do any of that stuff um but then they do i guess they're supposedly do a deeper level of toxicology at autopsy and the medical examiner's office does and which that's another one um it has now been almost seven months uh since Krista's passed and the medical examiner's office is also giving us the runaround they will not release right now her her cause of death is under investigation is what her, her her death certificate says I have to ask like the very, the very, they're just impossible questions, but they do an autopsy. Um, do, do you do a private autopsy? We, we plan to. Yes. Okay. We, here, so here's some other good news about the Oklahoma Medical Examiner's Office. 
they lost their accreditation back in 2009 and have not regained it since. Uh, in 2009, the Oklahoma Medical Examiner's Office got the lowest rating of all 50 states in the United States and lost their accreditation. Um, they are crap. I mean, I don't know what else to say. They just are absolute worse. And the doctor, there's two offices, one in Tulsa and one in Oklahoma City. Um, and the, initially, within the first couple of months, trying to call and find out, you know, is this done? Is this is this completed? Um, because we've learned that not only they're not accredited, but they don't have the equipment necessary to do the tests to determine that the inflammation was caused by anything. I mean, much less the vaccine. So they don't even have the equipment, the training, or the supplies necessary to do the tests that we need done. So we have reached out to private pathologists who are awaiting uh, them to be completed with it so that they can release the blood and tissue samples to our private pathologists that will be able to determine, you know, through examination, peg tests, things like that, that what actually the cause of the inflammation was, which basically is what we already know. Um, and they have the samples. Were you able to have a, a proper funeral? We, we did, yes. yes. Um, yeah. And now the, the, the samples that they take for subsequent te testing, are those always are those in their possession until such time as you can mandate your own private? Uh, yes. What's there, the word I'm looking? For? Yeah, there is a law uh, apparently here in Oklahoma that they have to they're supposed to hold on to it for five years, I guess. Just they're not allowed yeah. to they're not allowed to dispose or destroy of those samples um, for five years after the date of acquisition, which the the date of acquisition for her would have been I guess the eleventh, and. Um, so from the 11th, there's a, the five-year countdown starts. Now, of course, if they do, which, like what you had mentioned earlier, as far as your suspicions with the general practitioner that gave her the shot, and the reason why she may be, you know, I have those same feelings about the Oklahoma Medical Examiner's Office. I worry that they're going to lose or misplace the samples. I worry that they are trying to slow walk this for whatever, you know, advantage that they can. But I mean, seven months to, to finish an autopsy, come on, this is a bit ridiculous. Well, what's, what's, what's incredible is that, you know, it, uh, when it's convenient, or at least when it's beneficial to whatever the interests are, it'll take seven months. When it's convenient for whatever the interests are, it'll take two days. Mm -hmm. um, um, and, and I don't, I mean, I don't think you need me to plant, uh, you know, cynical thoughts i mean it, you can't trust the system you, the longer it goes on the longer the time is to not trust a system that can't be trusted mm -hmm. right. was there was there any option or is there any potential remedy have, have you sought an attorney in all of this yet we can't really afford that right now we're we do have a um uh we do have a gibson go set up that can help but we're her her memorial um her headstone the plot um all of that stuff was over is like twenty three thousand um, dollars. We've been paying a lot, a lot towards that. Um, there's a lot of uh, the private pathology is going to be very expensive. Um, and from from my particular standpoint is before before I go trying to invest a, a bunch of money in, in a, a lawyer that may or may not even help us. I, I want to be able to get all of the, the the facts, the information, as much as do as much of it as I can myself, get the 
records from everybody. If I can have congressmen help me, which Congressman uh, Josh Brasheen here in, in Oklahoma, he's super helpful, super supportive. Um, there's another gentleman um, who is an advocate for us. His name is David Oldham. He's helping us a lot. Uh, so we do have people that are helping us um, and doing it of their own, you know, free will that we're not that we're not really paying yet. Um, of course, because of the emergency use authorization, we can't sue Pfizer, even even when it's determined medically and legally that the, the shot did this, you know, so bad, too bad that, you know, sorry about your luck. Which is the reason why it's, it's hard to get an attorney to right. take something like this on, you know, right. a lot of cases like this in the past they would have done you know on a contingency but now no one they know it's going to cost a fortune and right and so the government right now if we were going to sue someone the only people that we could sue would be well we could sue the medical examiner's office but that would just you know probably take longer than if they just went ahead and did their job and released it beforehand um, we could sue the general practitioner that gave her the shot but Initially, I um, I didn't really hold a lot of uh, malice or or ill will or any kind of uh, of you know anger toward the GP that gave her the shot initially, um, because I know that she was lied to just like everybody else was. You know, everybody else was told fake data, fake information. You've had Stephanie to carry on. You know how much fraud has been done uh, by people. Well, and again, I, I'm not trying to make you more cynical at all. I I, I would say no, like, no. I, I, initially I'd give the benefit of the doubt, but we're November or you're July 2022. Right. Exactly. The, the doctors knew. I mean, they were they were saying the quiet part out loud by that time, and then you get this doctor who who the hell knows what 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 benefits they're being given to right. jab as right. many people. Um, and so and now we're hearing stories like if they have 70 percent of their uh, their patient base is vaccinated then they get like a quarter million dollar bonus uh you know and not to mention the like 50 to 100 dollars that they get from pfizer per shot as an incentive for giving it if they maintain a level of 70 70 percent of their their base uh their their patient base is vaccinated then they get huge incentives now i, I don't know that and, and not, not to challenge you the only question is uh, i that's news to me where how did you uh, come across yeah, that? i just i just actually read about that um just a couple of days ago and i'll, I'll have to find it and i'll i'll send it to you on twitter oh yeah no i'll but, well, I'll, I'll, I'll i'll look for, i'm gonna try to look for okay it. well you can look it up but yeah they get huge incentives if they maintain a minimum of 70 percent. so like if you come in with a stub toe they're they're they have an incentive to get you to get the vaccine because that's going to put their their overall vaccine uh, compliancy rate uh, higher and there's so many there's so many even double sinister reasons for which that might mm -hmm. be the, ca the case is vaccinate everybody and then from pfizer's perspective um adverse reactions right. become even more difficult to quantify and measure right um and now you might have reluctance from the the the, the gp to give you the information about a potential booster for other reasons now you had mentioned um, in, in prior interviews, and it's something that a lot of people don't know about, bad batches. Um, yes. What, what did you discover about the batch of at least the first jab that you know Trista had, had taken? What, what we know now is that um, it is something along the lines of 3% of the batches uh, released by Pfizer have, are responsible for over 70% of all of the severe adverse reactions. Um, the batches that are known to be the the most dangerous, the ones with the with the highest numbers, begin with E N and F. 
Hers was FN2908. So we know that the batch that she got is one of the ones that is basically known to kill. We know that that particular batch has killed at least nine other people, and that's just by VAERS data. So, and that is to say, that is to say that you you can uh, inversely correlate death as a reported uh, adverse reaction on VAERS to the batch number. Yes. Correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, and now the question is, again, like, are GPs supposed to know this? One might presume that there had been enough discussion about bad batches uh, at this time. We're even situating it in July 2022. And then subsequent potential booster coming from, I don't know how that batch would, I don't even know how that, how that would work. Would, how long would a batch last in the refrigerator or at the, at the GP's office? I don't know, but I know at, in back in December, um, bears will tell you, uh, the if you go to howbadismybatch.com, uh, you can look up the batch. You can get all this kinds of information. It pulls all this information. And it tells you whether or not that batch is still active, if it's still being actively given to patients. And back in December, it was. It was still inactive. As of right now, I, I don't believe it is anymore. Um, but we called the general practitioner's office, and I, I called them. After I got all this information and after the the – UK study after meeting Dan Hartman or speaking with him, talking with um, Stephanie DeGarry, uh, Caitlin Gosey's mother, and learning all this information, I called the general practitioner's office and I, I talked with the receptionist and I said, hey, um, you had a, a, a patient, her name was Trista Martin, she was 18 years old. She had an annual in, in which she got a clean bill of health and, and during that, that annual physical, you gave her a Pfizer shot, batch FN2908. And she passed away 112 days later. I, I really believe that you should reevaluate continuing to give out not only the shot as a whole, but this particular batch. And the reception said, okay, thank you, and hung up the phone. That's it. No, I'm sorry for your loss. No, my condolences. No. I'll pass that information. I'll pass that information. Yeah, nothing. We'll talk to the doctors. Nothing. nothing. May I ask, did you happen to record that conversation by any chance? No, of course. No. Of course I didn't. Of course I didn't. Yeah. And, and that's not to say not to not to doubt it whatsoever, just so that nobody But I think that I think that they have recording because I'm pretty sure it says that when you when you call that. <laughs> so I mean we could request that call. So So yeah. that that's I mean it's a, it's obscene. It's obscene, but there's no but it's a, it's obscene. Um tri, tri, so Trista passes away in November. Two weeks later, you, once you're—I mean, once you're over the initial absolute shock of, of the grief, you're, you're, you start putting things together. What is? Explain the path or the the journey of your quest for information, how it works, what you do, um, and where it ultimately leads. Like, say, we're now six months later. So I'm I I go to work back back to work. I think it's for one of the first days back at work, and. Uh, and I, I just, obviously, I can't stop thinking about it. And I'm, I've got all of these things going in my head, everything that doctors were saying. And so I just go to Google and I type in um, myocarditis, high blood glucose, non-diabetic, 18-year-old female death. And the first, one of the first results that pops up is a study on NIH.gov that specifically, the, the, the conclusion of the study was that it was well known that people who received the mRNA vaccine had elevated blood glucose levels for an extended period of time, um, dependent on, you know, 
even in non-diabetic patients. Non it's still it caused your blood glucose level to 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 be elevated. So they recommended by the end of the study, they said that they recommend closely monitoring blood glucose levels for anyone who got the mRNA vaccine. Every single person. And I remember thinking they were giving this out at five at, at CVS. They were giving this out in drive-thrus. They were giving this out in malls. They're, how the hell were they closely monitoring blood glucose levels of anyone they gave this to? So they knew this, and they still weren't following even their own basic recommendations from their own government website. So that was the first thing that really pissed me off. And then we spent, I spent hours looking through other stuff, myocarditis, multiple organ system failure, all the adverse, the known adverse reactions that had been associated with the mRNA shot. Um, the UK study that, that came out, it was an Israeli study, Israeli study that talked about how the peak peak rate of or the peak death was at four months. You know, and, and all these people say, oh, it was 112 days later. It couldn't possibly have been, you know, the vaccine. Well, then why is the Israeli study showing peak death at four months? And then they said that it stayed in the arm. But now they found it in organ tissue samples all over the body. So it doesn't stay in the arm. Um, we learned about so much information. It was just over and over and over. Everything, all roads led back to that, despite the fact that she was perfectly healthy before. And the only, the only abnormal, out of the ordinary thing was that. And a lot of people say, well, even the trolls online who are absolutely ridiculously stupid and vicious, they go, well, you said yourself that she, she had COVID. She had already tested positive for COVID. I'm like, yeah, one and a half years before. And for her, it was a bothersome cough. I had COVID at the same time and it was not fun. I lost the taste. I lost the smell. I, I was sick in bed for like five days. Which is actually the only reason why we tested her. Yeah. So we tested everybody. Yeah. And she tested positive and she just had a little bit of a cough and she was over it. And that was it. She never lost her taste, never lost her smell. And it was a year and a half before. But for their, those smooth brain morons, it's more likely that for them that COVID is actually what killed her. Not the shot that she had 112 days before that. Possibly sooner if she got boosted. It, it, it's... There's no reasoning with it because it's what you know. It's what's known as motivated reasoning, or or, or, or right. not cognitive bias, but uh, confer. It's not even confirmation bias. It's stupidity because to yeah. attribute it, say, oh, it happened from something that happened a year and a half earlier, as because that's more likely, or at least that's even possible. But it's right. absurd to say something happened a hundred some odd days earlier when we know. And and you know what you're describing is the knowledge that you're you're gaining after this tragedy. You know, in, in retrospect, and it's only for for having been immersed in this from the beginning. Is you know like I remember Malone in the early days saying it creates a spike protein that doesn't stay in the injection sites. I remember that from early on, not even understanding what that meant. And then I remember also I forget it was it was well into the um, what do they call it? The re- not the release, but when they the the, the campaign to vaccinate uh, that they were talking about aspiration of the needle. And if you don't aspirate and it goes into a vein, then it can go everywhere immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had some doctors on explaining not only were they not aspirating, but they were told not to aspirate the CDC, because that might cause more vaccine hesitancy the longer the needle stays in. Myocarditis, we started hearing about it, I mean, at the very least, a year into the, what is it called? Rollout of the vaccine. The rollout, yeah. And then and then there was a study that just came out recently that said the adverse events of special interest were one in 800 between the mRNA of Pfizer and Moderna. And so now you're learning about this after, after the tra- tragedy of tragedies, looking for answers and... And we still- even... 
Yeah, we've even spoken with uh, uh, several doctors. One of them, in, in particular, you might know Dr. Mackis. Um, he's also from Canada. Uh, but he even was able to explain to us why she died at the time that she died. He said that the, the early morning thing, like if you know uh, Sean Hartman's story, yeah. his mother found him beside his bed 33 days after the shot, dead on the floor. Um, her, the, the, the problem, I guess, with the, with the inflammation within your, your cardiopulmonary system and all over your body, when you're sleeping, in order to wake you up after the sleep cycle is complete, your body releases just a, a little bit of adrenaline, and that's what kicks you out of being asleep and into the wake. And that's why so many of them are either dying in their sleep or right before they wake up or during physical exertion. So uh, one of those two things, one of the studies that we that originally came about about the myocarditis, they said that it was more prevalent in young men. Uh, young men were more likely to, to have the myocarditis caused by the vaccine and that they were the ones seeing the death. That's since been flipped on its head, too. That that's not necessarily true. The reason I think. And the, I read this particular paper that was talking about the only reason that that showed that is because young boys are more likely to be involved in aggressive and Physi very physical sports. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the girls are 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 still doing are still dying and still have the inflammation. They still have the myocarditis, but they're dying in their sleep. And unless they're cheerleaders or do some kind of active sport. That's I, I, that's an interesting um, observation that I had. I, I was we had heard that it's more likely in young men. That's what our Canadian right. doctor there, what's his face? Uh, Kieran Moore out of Ontario is confirming despite he, they, they say it. And then all the media and all the other doctors come around and say, no, that's, that's not what he meant. It's not one in 5,000. Right. Right. But right. I, that's interesting that, that it would, why it would be more noticeable in, in, in young boys than girls for that reason. Right. Um, and so you start, you start, you're getting stonewalled by the doctor. So, someone on a rumble, uh, incidentally, says, let me just get this. Jay Pearson says, you have to report the doctor to the HHS Office of Civil Rights for not providing records, HIPAA. Um, that's not legal advice. That's not any advice. That's a, a comment. You're getting stonewalled by the GP. Uh, no, no real meaningful progress from the hospital or, or whoever's conducting the, the, the autopsy analysis. Mm -hmm. Do you have any? Do you have any news from them at, at the current date? No. no. We have partial records from the day that she passed from the hospital, but we still don't have any of the digital records. We don't have any of the scans. We don't have any of the the electronic work, like from from none of the, the the CAT scans, MRIs, EKGs, sonograms, none of that stuff. And they did all of that, but they haven't released any of that data to us. They've just given us the that they that she had it yeah that, that, that it was it was sense. given and and then the notes that the, the doctors wrote in and then it's all just doctor gobbledygook what, what was the the number of the batch again fn2908 with the aggregate knowledge of the internet you know to, to break that down as well now the other question is this have you gone to the media or has the media come to you they won't touch it yeah we have we have reached out um, the only way that we know how, a lot of ways on Twitter, um, we've reached out to, uh, I've called all of our local networks, um, even the conservative conservative ones, um, and they don't respond. Uh, emailed, uh, I have tagged everybody I know to tag on Twitter. I've tried sending direct messages if they allow it. Even, um, I mean, we've met people in person and they've said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll give you yeah. a call. And there's no. Yeah, and then they never did. Um, we've reached out to even some uh, politicians here locally in the area, um, met them in person even. Um, they say they're going to give us a call, and then they don't, except 
for Congressman Josh Preachin's office. His is the only office that has actually returned our phone call. And I spoke with his chief of staff, John Jones, who's an amazing, amazing individual. And I spoke with his, uh, the head of his new COVID accountability task force, which is a, a guy named Sean Andrews, and spoke with him at length. And uh, they are, they're, I, I seem genuinely they like seem genuinely gonna like they're going to help. And so I, that is the most uplifting information I've had. And that's just occurred here within this last week. So um, it's, it's, it's shock. It's shocking. I mean, it's shocking. And it's the same thing in Canada for, for, um, uh, Sean Hartman, the, yeah. it's the media. Uh, I've, I've always said like, you know, the, the media will ignore it, then they'll distort it, then they'll defame. So you, you're, yeah. you're still at step one where they're going to ignore it until they can't. And then it becomes the obligation of, of, of everyone else out there to make this a sufficient stink that they can't ignore it. But then, uh, wait until they get into step two of, 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 I don't know, demonizing and, and trying to, you know, whatever. Um, and so, I mean, what are your, what are your plans now? So you don't, you're still waiting on the information from the hospital. Um, you have your own private pathologist ready to, to, to analyze this once you get the the samples or whatever they have stored. Correct. And as soon um, as we have access to, as soon as they release them, then at that point, the doctors that are doing the private pathology can request those and then get them. And of course, I've had all kinds of horrible thoughts and, and nightmares in my mind, but you have to cross. You can't worry. You got to cross a bridge when you get there. But I have I do want them to do DNA samples on the tissue samples before they actually do the tests, because I, I don't have any confidence in the Oklahoma Medical Examiner's Office confidence. that that even the tissue samples and blood samples that they send will, will be tristis. Um, but that could just be me being a narcissist or, uh, not an optimist. Well, no, I mean, it's, 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 it's <laughs> one thing we've, we've learned. There's, there's no bottom to the depravity of this. There's no, um, there's no bottom to the, I call it evil. There's no other word right now. There's no, yeah. there's no bottom to what they'll do to conceal what they've done. Yeah. Um, in, in this process now you've met with other vaccine injured vaccine related, you know, vaccine attributed deaths who, who, um, who, who you've met, you've met the Hartman's Degarys. Yes, Ben Gary's. Uh, we spoke with um, uh, Ernest Ernest Ramirez, uh, his son Ernesto. Yep. Um, which actually his his son, um, I believe it was five days after the vaccine. His son and and the uh, the death certificate. His his death certificate even says inflammation or myocarditis inflammation caused by induced by vaccination. So his death certificate actually pins Pfizer as the cause of his death. Um, he's actually come out and said that FEMA, of all organizations, FEMA called him up and requested that he uh, allow them to re-examine uh, the autopsy and cause of death uh, to reevaluate and change the cause of death. They wanted him to take that off of his death certificate, and they were going to pay him money to do it. And, of course, he told them to go, you know, yeah, themselves. Uh, but I mean, that's how evil, how evil these people are. What it's, what does it say? I mean, you have a death certificate for Trista. Yes, it just says death unknown. Yeah. It's just a temporary one until the final. Until one the final one comes. comes, and right now it just says under investigation. And, and among all the people now, that the parents who are victims to this, are, are are is there a coalition? Are you guys doing anything to to? I mean, I know what, what you're doing to raise awareness. Is there are there other things that people should know are going on right now? from those yes. who are vaccine injured? Yes. There, yeah, uh, there's actually an event that they're holding in 
Florida, August 5th, that we are all, I don't, I don't know how many of the rest of them, but I know we were going to be there. I know Ernest is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of doctors and nurses and injured and everyone's going. There's an organization, yeah. there's an organization called react 19, react 19.org. Um, there is of course, um, Steve Kirsch's organization, um, B-E-R-S-S, or B-E-R-S-S, I can't, Vaccine, Steve Kirsch's organization, yeah. Vaccine Safety Research Foundation, there BSRF, yeah. Um, then there is um, Real Not Rare, uh, realnotrare.com um, is a place where people can go and learn about the individual stories. And you can go share your story. You can go share, share your vaccine injury or death story. Uh, there are thousands, thousands. So many. And, yeah, and now, uh, I was going to say they they have this thing in Canada. Well, they have the vac. Is it called the Vaccine Injury Support Program? I think it's called the VISP in Canada. And and, and I'm a, I'm starting to call it the Vaccine Insult to Injury Support yes, Program. Exactly. Uh, what 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 do they have in Oklahoma? Or what do they have in the states? And what have you done to try to avail yourselves of whatever compensation? I heard of any. There there was there is an, an American Vaccine Injury Compensation Program. I think it, here it's VICP. And um, they have they have paid out to three people a total of I think it was forty five hundred dollars grand total of what they've paid out to three vaccine injured people and it's a joke it's an yeah. absolute insult and yeah it's that's have, it and that's it's like that's the thing where they're going to say look we 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 haven't even had that many applications as though anybody who's suffered the loss that you've suffered is is interested in that. Uh, you know, as compensation, it's 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 dehumanizing rhetoric for what mm-hmm. for what's happened. Yeah. Um, you, you filed a Varus uh, report, I presume. Yes. Yes. And what would be to explain for to everybody who thinks you know anybody can go and say they turned into the Hulk from a from a vaccine, which, <laughs> which, which they they it, actually do uh, do research what you tell them. I mean, they go and fact check it. They check to see you know if she really existed. They check to see if she passed, if we told the correct information it, there, if she had the it was, an, it was it was over a month-long process. They they verified her batch number, they verified her appointment, they verified the date they verified her passing, they verified they verified everything. We had to put all of that information in and it was not Yeah, it took a couple months for it yeah, to appear on the Yeah, website. for it. And then it, you know, we finally got the notification that back that said, okay, it's it's everything's been verified and your information's good to go. There is some crazy stuff on bears. Yeah, well, the, the thing is, I, I bring the example up because it is crazy stuff, and people don't seem to understand that that person who reported turning into the Hulk or that was their symptoms. Yeah, it was it was over a decade old. I mean, that's the best example well, yeah. they can get of one that slipped through, and and then people don't know they don't check dates. Like, oh, well, uh, that must be COVID related when it's not. It was one right. ab. What's the word? Anomaly. Yeah. Um. Now let me ask you: Are, are you were are you religious? Are you religious folks? I mean, uh, uh, yes, I, I don't yes. know if you and religious. and have been before this as well yes. yes how are you how are you dealing with this so um gonna get a little personal for a second um we used to be very heavily involved in our local church and uh we volunteered the the we took the kids um up to the time just a volunteer yeah at the time she was about 16 years old um she would work in the the like the young kids, the toddlers and stuff like that. And they loved her. She was Miss Trista. And so and she always loved kids. 
And um, so she really enjoyed doing that. But then um, a couple of years ago, uh, we just kind of drifted away a little bit. And um, we didn't like the some of this, the what was coming from the pulpit. So we decided we were going to start looking for another church. And um, looking for another church kind of turned into just not going. And uh, so we did drift away from God quite a bit. And uh, then... And then this happened. And um, all of a sudden, I, wa- I felt I was being attacked mentally and, and just thoughts that I was having. I was having some of the worst thoughts about my daughter's soul and where it might be. And it was all my fault because I didn't keep her close, you know. So I, my best friend is also one of my spiritual um advisors he is a very devout you know god-fearing man and um he says well you know um because he was one of the only ones that i told about it when i was having that problem he says well i I can tell you this no matter how much you loved krista you know god loves her a million times more than you do he said and i was there you know and i i saw her you know, give her life, you know, to the Lord. And he's like, so you need to stop worrying about that. And I was like, okay, yeah, well, easier said than done, you know. And so he made a couple of jokes and then it was cold. This is November. And, um, and we were pacing, I was pacing around in the backyard and he made a joke about my garden hose still being attached to this, the spigot outside and that it was going to cause the pipes to burst, and that I needed to go get that off. And so I walk over there, and in the freezing cold, there's just one little purple flower that is poking straight off the top of the garden hose. It's wrapped around the okay. Yeah, and there's no other flowers anywhere else. Everything else is dead. It's all brown, except for this one little patch, and there's just one little purple flower. And of course, her favorite color was purple. And um, and as soon as I saw it. I, I, I smelled her very similar to like the post that I made, you know, the other night. I smelled her and I got like this warm peace. And I knew that she was okay. And um and I and that put that to rest. I didn't have to worry about that anymore. So I know I know that she's she's she is in heaven. It doesn't help. It doesn't help how much I miss her here. Yeah. I was going to ask something. Um, do, do do you are you are you a GSC? Uh, a, I don't know, a therapist, a, a grief counselor, how, how do you, uh, on a day-to-day, how do you go through, I mean, there, I don't think there's a way to recover. I, no. It's just no. time. What do you, how, what's, what do you do on a daily basis to help? Um, um, Trista was a, uh, a fighter. She was a, she was a really hard worker. She was a great listener. She was extraordinarily funny. She had the best sense of humor. She loved harder than anybody that we knew. And she loved kids. Um, We found her bucket list 
under her bed that she had made when she was 16 years old. And she'd been keeping track of it for a couple of years. And uh, after she passed, we found it. It's got, it's got 66 things on here that she wanted to accomplish. And, um, you know, like one of them was she wanted to turn 18 so that she could donate blood. She wanted to adopt a teenager because, you know, the teenagers get overworked. She wanted to be a child psychologist. And she wanted to, you know, help kids. And um, I know that when she got this shot, she did not want to die. And I know that if she knew that they were pushing this shot, on six months and older babies, she would be so pissed at me if I just sit back and let this happen. So, in an effort to not make her mad at me and for her death to not be in vain, I have to fight. I've got to tell this story over and over and over until it, until they stop, until they stop killing kids. That's how I get through. Um, are you, are you, are you, are you back at work now as well? You're working full time? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I work full time. Um, 50 hours a week <laughs> plus doing as many side jobs as I can. And people have been great. I mean, the 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 um, the Gibson Go thing has 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 really helped. We've been able to get a, a lot accomplished, um, and <clears throat> we hope to be able to pay off her uh, plot and her headstone because they won't start it until it's paid in full. Which I get. I mean, you know, if you don't pay the bill on a headstone, what are they going to do? Repossess it? You know what I mean? So. <laughs> They they won't make it until it's paid in full, and and we had no idea how expensive that stuff was. Um. Well, we, the, the the give send go. We're going to blast around on various communities, and that's 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 the least of it. I mean, it's it's that's the least of it. And if I may ask, also the the very it's a very personal question. I mean, the other your other kids, the other members of the family. How are they? How are they coping with this? How are they dealing with it? It's uh, some shove it down a little more than others, but um, for our youngest and for her sister Maya, they were they were more than sisters. They were they were best friends. She was her person. It's really hard for her. Maya is her older sister. <laughs> She's probably, I think, taking it the worst. Um, like she said, they were they were best friends. You know, um, Trista loved. Trista listened. Trista was who you went to. Trista was. Trista gave her guidance even though yeah, she was it, younger. Sister. She was younger. She was smarter. She was more mature. She was who, who would put you in the right direction. Like I said, she was a hard worker. She was the best of, of, of us without any of the bad stuff. It was. I know everybody says their kid is like, you know, oh, my kids, you know, but she really was. And the world is, the world is a worse place now. 
are there um and, and um, among the among the grieving families the, the hartmans ramirez you guys is there um uh not a help i want to say a help group for lack of a better word um do 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 are there are there resources among all of of you that you share in order to help you help you through the grieving process <clears throat> Not just Twitter. Um, we talk in uh, in direct message on Twitter a lot. Share information amongst ourselves. What's going on? Um, give each other encouragement that way. We do talk occasionally. Um, we have uh, Twitter Spaces for yeah. the vaccine injured and yeah, bereaved and. We have to share and talk in those. They always do those stupid Twitter spaces at like two o'clock in the afternoon when I'm at work and I don't really have an opportunity. So, yeah. but yeah, it's, other than that, but yes, they, they do. We do have, there's nothing I think officially set up, but there are lots of ways that we reach out and speak to each other. And now p- people are asking what they can do to help. I'm going to share the, I'm going to share the, um, obviously the gifts and go. I, I'm, I'm going to go see if there's any questions here that I th- didn't get to that, um, that, uh, but ha- I mean, let's see, number one, how can people help? I mean, I guess it's going to be share and, and, and bother some, but I don't know what the, the, the issue is that the media is going to ignore it for so long until it's no longer uncommon. And then it becomes something not, not, you know, uh, of, of interest to report on because of its frequency. Well, uh, have you, sorry. Go, yeah, please. No, I, I think, <clears throat> I think the key here is is the narrative, and in order to in order to change the narrative, and politicians are politicians, and the only change that can be done in order to get the shot pulled, in order to stop doing this, in order to get it off of the the child vaccine schedule that they're trying to get it put on, in order to stop all this horrible crap from happening, we have to get politicians involved. The problem is that politicians are scared of flows that don't go the direction the same direction all the time and so right now um the the cdc message of safe and effective the fda all these these safe and effective messages if you come out and act like you know and, and like robert kennedy jr if you come out like him you're called a whack job in the media you're defamed you're demoralized you're shamed uh so ron johnson um Robert Kennedy, those guys that are actually speaking out are are vilified. So if we can if we can share it and make it so insurmountably obvious that these these politicians have no choice. They have no choice but to acknowledge it. They have no choice but to jump on the wagon. And they'll feel safer doing it because they'll there'll be other politicians See, doing I it. I think that the people are right. already going that direction yeah, but right now as a politician you know it's it's pathetic it's spineless yeah but you, it's what they do so you just kind of have to freaking live with it but if they would stop being so damn spineless and take a stand like the people that elected them elected them to do then you know but we, we've got to get that so the only way to do that is to is to share the story to share ernesto's story dan's story our story maddie DeGarry's story specifically maddie DeGarry's. Yeah, that, it was, it was it, for people who, I mean, everybody, everybody watching now knows it, but like, that's the most shocking one because that was in the trial yeah. when they wrote off right. one out of, and even if it was one out of, I think it was, what, uh, what were there, a thousand kids, maybe 1200. 
at, at most, even if it's one in a thousand, they wrote yeah. it off. They, they were, upset stomach. Upset. That's it. Yeah, well, no, there, there was there was another even more uh, not nefarious, but a more uh, insulting word. What did they, what was the there was oh, it, the, 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 was the neuro, um, but it was basically on her head. So yeah, no, no, the, the, it was it was the medical term for tummy ache to write off Maddie DeGarry's. Um, yeah, yeah, no, uh, and that was that was trials where that that's where it should have ended, and and not only that, the experimentation yeah. continued onto the humans. O Obama said it eloquently, and. Um, now, now that it's getting to the point where we even have Justin Trudeau in Canada saying, yeah, sure, sure. I'm sure a lot of people got injured from the vaccine, but it's what we had to do. And it's like, it's all, um, yeah. now I'm, I'm going to wow. read all, uh, someone, uh, bottle, bottom lesson, so, someone from rumble bottom lesson. I can't read the rest. It says good for everyone that good for everyone that they get the opportunity to share. Um, and uh, I, I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe that I hadn't heard of your story until your tweet came across my feed. Um, I want to. There's one. There's a. There's a comment here which says um, from uh, someone in our community, Mighty Pisses Viva. Let them know. So many of us are care and are praying and want to help. I. I. It's. Um. It, it's. I, I. I don't think people can't understand it who, who haven't gone through it. Um. And some. You know. You might be able to empathize. It's. It's. It's inhumane. And the insult to the injury is that you get ignored. And I. And I'm sure you. You get. Um, called names on the internet uh, one way or the other uh, I mean, people could not even imagine the things that people say yeah. it's, it's you think you might have an idea you don't know yeah i'll ask the obvious question i mean i don't think it's easy to tune it out how do you how do you deal with the, you seem like you're dealing with this insurmountable tragedy um i don't know if spirituality helps you, you mm -hmm. like but how do you deal with the evil that you see coming from heartless shitheads i'm sorry for lack of a better word who who yeah. who see a, a a weakness and see a vulnerable individual and then and then stick a knife and twist sometimes it's, it's easier than other times um i get in trouble alan uh, yeah, that's what i have to remind yeah. him just to let that go and uh i try and tell him you know what these people that are commenting on our stuff they're saying awful things they're helping it be seen I don't think it'd be right. too. That's, that's... So you have to you have to try to ignore that. And so many amazing people actually come to your defense that you really don't have to say anything. They they take care of them for you. The, the other people out there on Twitter, um, Let, you, gonna... just, you just really have to try and. No, it's like, you know, the, the idea of like just not ignoring it is it's 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 not it's impossible and something always sneaks in regardless. Yeah, and we all have our moments. Yeah, the best, to, the best yeah. majority of them, if you look at them, it's, a, it's an account that is relatively new. They've got like one follower and they're just a troll. That's yeah. just a, the point of it is for them just to have this account to troll. So every time you respond, it actually Something increases there, their yeah. algorithm. So you're responding to their ridiculousness. And then you're, that just makes more people see it. So mm. it's hard to keep that in mind, though, when they say such stupid, horrific no, no, crap. It, it's and it's like there, there's there's a joy in saying the worst thing conceivable, even even if it's totally right. outlandish. So, someone asked a question, David uh, Isaac David Waxman, and then answered it. But he says first we need this is from our community and locals. It says we need to help get her the memorial she deserves, a place for everyone who loved her to come and sit and visit her memory. We are currently under contract with Floral Haven Cemetery in Broken yeah. Arrow, Oklahoma, for a small plot and pink granite birdbath inscribed with her name and picture. This is from your from your GoFundMe, right? Yes. Yeah. We're we're gonna uh, that that 
that's going to, you know, there, there are some gestures that will show the goodness of humanity. I'm going to blast that around as, as much as humanly possible. Thank you. Um, have I forgotten to ask um, any question or is there anything you wanted to say uh, that I forgot to ask? Um, there is one uh, new website that uh, has been out now for a couple of weeks. And that if anybody is looking for information specifically to put these stupid trolls in their spot um, when they say ridiculously stupid things, it's a very short, very easy website. It's just covid.crosstx.com. Cross TX, like cross Texas or cross? Right, right. Okay. Like cross TX, covid.crosstx.com. It's actually a website that was made by react19.org that has 3,400 peer-reviewed studies, a collection of, of all of these studies that, that showed the adverse reactions by this mRNA shot, unverifiable unver proof. There it is. 3,400 peer-reviewed case reports and, and studies. Just everything you could think to, the, to look at, here is the evidence. Here's the evidence that they constantly say does not exist. It does exist. It is out there. It is peer-reviewed, and it is known. It is a, the three things cannot long be hidden, but some take more time to to be exposed than others. And I know this from having watched um, Alison Morrow's interview with you. You're you're in um, you're in Trista's room. We are. We are. And you're you're, you're well. Let me ask. You're leaving it as is, and and oh, yeah. and. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are you happy not? <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no need to, no need to change anything. We come in here, we don't have maybe when we, um, maybe when her memorial was done, we, have we might place to go in there. We, we have this her ashes in here. We yeah, have every it still smells like her. So, and is there a plan to try to do, uh, to try to do her bucket list? Yes, yes. we've already started on some of that. <laughs> Um, she wanted to see the Aurora Borealis, one of her sisters, uh, recently went to Iceland and she she took her with her and saw it and um, she wanted to ride in a helicopter. My mother recently went on a helicopter ride and took some of her ashes with her. And so we are, we, she wanted to go to a lantern festival. Um, we actually had one for her on her birthday March 25th it was it was beautiful amazing it was her birthday she would have turned 19 years old um there's a video of, of it I, um I think it's on, on the John's website. it's on John's website yeah so I, I think it's on broken truth broken truth hold on let me see of it um, I, I think it I think it might I saw it and I think it might have been on rumble it was um, actually a really wonderful evening yeah it was beautiful it, it's a those that don't know it's a chinese lantern you, the kind that's just like i've got a candle in them and they're made of like rice paper and then you let off a few hundred of them and it's it's amazing i, I totally understand Magical why she idea. wanted to, go to she see this to go, yeah do, let, i mean let's if, if if there's a way to let me just bring this up um this with uh play, can may i play the video yeah absolutely and we'll, and then uh, I'll play this video. Uh, let me just make sure that I didn't miss anything and nobody has any questions that I forgot to ask. I, I'm going to say, I, I can't, it's not a question of thanking you. Uh, your story, I, I, 
can't imagine the grief that it goes through every time you have to repeat it, every time you have to think about it. I don't know how, how parents get over this. Uh, and I don't think yeah. anybody ever does. Um, and I don't know how, how you live with it um, without it, without it destroying you. And that, that is, I mean, that's the, I, I don't know. That's, that's gonna, that's what, that's something for you. I mean, I don't know how you're going to live with that. And I don't, and, and, or what you, you do with that. Into in, something. We yeah. turn it into a reason, I think, to, to fight. fight. And I, I think that's how we're going to. Yeah. All right. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, I know. So uh, May and, and it's, it's it. People need to, it's not just people need to hear a story. You need to tell your story and, and people need to do something about it because it's not. It, it, uh, okay. Now let, let me, I'm going to bring this up here. I, I, this is it. We'll, we'll play this after this we'll end the stream and, and we'll have, we'll say our proper goodbyes afterwards. But uh, this is the, um, I think this is the Tristan Memorial here celebration. Trista was 18 years old. She was fun, vibrant, beautiful. She wanted to be a mother. She wanted to adopt a teenager. She said that everyone always overlooks the teenagers for the babies. And she said that they needed parents too. She wanted to be a, a social worker and a child psychologist. And she, she just wanted to help people. She was supposed to start college in the spring. I don't understand why she was so good. Sweet little butterfly, please never go. Sweet little butterfly, once you to me. Everything you touch and every place you fly will flourish and prosper. Please don't say goodbye. I wonder if you leave, what will I do? It's a sad thought, but I already knew. Life will darken and light would stop by climbing the mountain and never reaching the top. Sweet little butterfly who took you away, they must not have known I needed you to stay. I cry and I plead, but I already know, wherever you are now, they won't let you go. I can't be selfish, you weren't mine to keep. In the arms of our father is where you now sleep. I know you're okay and I know you're all right, but I'm scared of the dark and you are my light. Sweet little butterfly, I know that someday I'll see you again and you'll ask me to stay. I hope that you fly me around and let me see the new world you brought your light to that's where I should be. Sweet little butterfly, you've grown into something pure, bright. You're an angel now and we're still living in your light. Thank you guys again for coming. Happy birthday, Krista. We love you. All right. Um, Alan and Taylor, uh, thank you for thank you for coming on to talk about this. And um, I don't know. In as much as in as much as there can be healing, the the world is 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 supporting you. So um, that is it. I'll, I'll I'll put the links so everybody knows where to find you, how to support you. Everybody in the chat, um, thank you for being here. And um, Alan Taylor, stick around. We'll see our proper goodbyes. Thank you for having us.